Welcome to the Estate Professionals Mastermind Podcast, a podcast for estate professionals who earn more, work less, and make a huge difference in their communities. If you get value out of this free content, be sure to check out probatemastery.com where you can get live classes, access to weekly coaching, and valuable courses. To learn more, visit probatemastery.com. Now let's jump into this week's content. Good morning, good afternoon. I'm Bill Gross. Welcome to the Probate Mastery Weekly Real Estate Coaching Call. I'm Bill Gross. I'm the host of this call. And this is designed for those who are looking to build a business in real estate focused on probate. Whether you're a real estate agent or investor, Probate Mastery is a great place for you. But this particular call is for people building a real estate agent or brokerage business, how to represent other people either in buying probate-related properties or in selling probate-related properties and to use that information to build your business. Just kind of give you some navigational tools as to where we are and how you can get more. So the eventual sponsors program is probatemastery.com, which is a, a program that was started by Chad Corbett uh, and now is uh, the proprietor is Bruce Hill, who's really the head coach. And then there's a couple of different paths and the, he's reorganizing the offerings. Um, if you want just the basics, there's probate foundations, which is a free two-hour course, uh, as well as probate um, pro- principles and practices. If you want to get certified, that's the mastery program. And there's different courses and different bundles. Click on the website, probatemastery.com for details. Now, today's call, we do this every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. You can continue the conversation on the Facebook group, uh, group Estate Professionals Mastermind. There's about 7,000 members nationwide where we can continue conversation, ask questions, post your content, uh, get the get the missing uh, episodes and such, and all the information there for you as well. Oh, look at that. Checklist open houses. Okay, so I'm not sure what some of those are, but great. Um, now, separately, I host a program called Probate Weekly, which is a weekly program. It's an interview format where I interview mostly attorneys, vendors, some real estate agents across the country. No cost for that program. Go to probateweekly.com if you want to sign up. You can see the past episodes at episodes.probateweekly.com. And I also have a Facebook group for that, Probate Weekly, with 3,100 members. And again, you can continue the conversation, get referrals across the country. Also, feel free to post your probate-related content, but probate-related only in this uh, group. That way we can share ideas as well as uh, like each other's material and get a little more views on it. If you want more information on me, my link tree L-A-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash is Bill Gross. And it has everything that I'm working on. Tomorrow, in particular, if you go here and click on the Real Estate Email Masterclass, I have an event um, I'm doing on Real Estate Email Masterclass, how to use email to increase your contacts by 16 times. Two times more contacts, two times more frequency, two times more effective, and two times the platforms. Two times two times two times two is 16. Love to get you on that. It's $97. Click there, get tickets, information, and love to have you participate. That's who I am and what I do. My main thing is I do this call because, Sabina, I'm so sorry, Sabina. Uh, I do this call because I need it. Uh, I'm a full-time practitioner. I'm not a full-time coach. I do have, I'm building a national network of agents across the country. As such, I end up teaching, coaching some of the same context, uh, concepts over and over again. And But I need this to improve my probate business, to get better ideas, meet new vendors, uh, and up my game. So that's really why I did this. 
uh, originally Chad was doing this call weekly and then he uh, had some personal time that took him away from it. And I offered to substitute. And next thing you know, I'm doing this full time. Here I am today, but I love it. I'm glad to have it. And the goal here is to be, I'm sorry, I'm turning down the, the air conditioning a little bit because it's a little hot here on my computer. Um, um, it's meant to be participative. It's a coaching product for free. Ask questions. Uh, I listen to sell houses every day. I I'm closing this week. I closed one last week. I took a listing last week. I'm hoping to get a listing this week. That's what I do. So uh, let's talk about business, how we actually use these tools, concepts, and ideas to build our businesses. That's the point of this. And rather than charge you $1,000 a month or what some other coaching co companies do, uh, this is really meant to be available for you to extend the value of your probate mastery program membership. So how can I help? What questions? Do I can talk. And I can talk. I'm going to tell you guys all day on this topic. You could roll me out of bed at 3 a.m. If I wash my face, I can speak for an hour on some topic, do it again the next day on a different topic with no overlap because this is all that I do. I'm glad to talk about it. I love it. But this is your chance to have your questions answered, share your problems, share your victories, uh, or share what you're looking for. So feel free to jump in and pass on any information. I don't see any hands up yet, and I don't see any questions in the chat box other than Sabina, not Sabrina. I'm going to say that a few times. There you go, Rob Calkins. First courageous person to jump in. Let's bring you in here and um, add to spotlight. Uh, let's get you unmuted. And Rob, what's up for you, man? How can I help you? Hey, just um, pausing the dialer there for a minute. Um, I have a few questions. It's good timing. I was just curious what what so what I so I just started calling probates cold calling them I call leave a voicemail pickup rate is uh, it's okay um but my question is is what's the typical just average I know there's it could be different for everybody what's the average time from when you contact somebody and they say yeah we're going to sell it down the road sometime is there an average or is it just so different with every situation Great question. I love this question. I think this is one of the most important questions we need to know if you're going to design a business, right? If you're just an employee, your boss hands you a stack of numbers to call, you cold call them, he hands you a script, teach you how to do it, you just do it. It may or may not work for you. He doesn't care. Some of you he hires 100 people, three make it, 97 die, he hires 97 more. But you're a business person. You want to know the numbers so you can be effective, right? Make sense? Yeah, for planning. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Where do you sell real estate? Uh, just north of Seattle. Got it. In the state of Washington. Yeah. Okay. So, because I've been to Vancouver Island, that's just, and then over that's Canada. So, just north of Seattle, it could be Canada too, right? Oh, yeah, about thirty <laughs> minutes north of Seattle in Everett. Okay, got it. Yeah. Oh, Everett, I know Everett. Very good. Um, okay, so here's what I would say: longer than you would think. Um, so, forgetting that it's probate because probate real estate ads, theoretically, they're motivated but adds complications on the legal side. Let's first talk about general real estate. Uh, Rob, how long have you been in real estate sales? 12 years. How long is the average lead from them first raising their head and saying, I'm interested in buying or selling until they actually close an escrow? I do lots of cold calling. So my leads are minimum like six months. Typically that's probably the average six to nine months. But those are the ones that you follow up on. The ones you don't follow up on or longer, right? You're you're choosing. If you th you know what a bell curve is, 
Uh, I couldn't explain it. No. Okay. So bell curve is in any random numbers of distribution, it's a curve where at both ends it's lower and it's higher in the middle. So you say, how tall are people? If the average male in America is five foot 10, right? There's more five foot nine and five foot 11 than six foot or seven foot people. And that curve goes down both on both sides of the curve. That's called a, a bell curve is a random distribution of numbers. If everything is equal, the middle is the most is where the most of them are. So, in real estate leads, the the average lead is where the fat part of the bell curve is going to be. As a real estate agent, we're trained usually to focus on leads that are going to do something in thirty days or sixty or ninety days or six months. But obviously, the longer you go, the more leads become leads, right? And the shorter you go, the more data doesn't become a lead because you're you're getting rid of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there was there's a company called um, Boomtown that was bought by KV Core. They did a study about five years ago because you can imagine a CRM. You have a lead that comes into your database has the date that it's brand new, and if you put the closing date, now they have the date that's closed. So the company ran across all their customers a report that said, "What's the average from opening to closing? What do you think it is in real estate? What's the average term on a normal deal from open to close?" You mean from first contact with the lead to the when they the closing? Yeah, on oh. average. On average, not all of them. Not, but average means half. Half are shorter, half are longer. What would you guess the average is? Oh, I would say it's over six months, probably, maybe even a year. So this is something that we as realtors all need to know. The average is a, is over two years, about two and a quarter oh, wow. years is the average. So. And, I, and I'm, I'm stressing this because I think it's a really important concept. That means half are more than two years. So you're already throwing away that half. And then the question is from two years to six months is probably another quarter or more. You're throwing those away. You're chasing maybe the one quarter or 10% that are six months or less. Now, it might be the right decision because it you know, takes time to, to follow up on the rest. That's what I was trained. I would say that's wrong. As a business person, you want to leverage all of your money and all of your time. I would say don't throw away those leads, recycle those leads. So everybody you ever contact, if you can, you want to engage with them and move them forward. So that's a long way of saying that, you know, the people cold call, when you we've all I was a cold call when I started. I did for sell by owners and expireds. And what I didn't do was somebody who wasn't ready to do something in six months, I just threw it away. Big mistake. If I have their name and their phone number and we're on the phone, we're talking, and they gave me their email address, I should email them forever. So to answer your question, in probate specifically, I can give you a scientific answer for LA County, which is the average from date of filing until the sale of real estate. I think I'm the only person in LA that tracks this. I have a spreadsheet literally every single probate case. I, I, I want to say everyone. I'm sure I missed some, but basically everyone. It's about two and a half years. And I say this to you, this is a long answer, but I say this to you because, number one, um, if you can survive the first three months, six months, nine months, and incubate all those other leads, they're going to start, more will start coming to fruition because we know the average is two and a half years. So if you can keep them somehow in your system between email and then social media 
Or maybe they call you with a question down the road, which would be great. Or you mail to them every year something. If you can keep them in your circle for a year or two years or three years, you're going to obviously increase your opportunities to win. Make sense? So your question the average time is, the answer is, I don't know. Every county is different. Every state's different. I imagine it's shorter in other states than California. Washington is somewhat like California, but not completely. I would, uh, but I would say in California, for sure, it's two years plus, two and a half years. And so as an agent, I'm not saying you should cold call them every 30 days for two years. Um, maybe you cold call them every you know, a day for the first three days and then every week after that and every month. I don't know, some system, but I would keep in my system some way to contact them until I know they're no longer real estate, no longer a lead. And that might mean emailing them if you have their email forever, if you ever get it from them. Does that help a little bit? It does, yeah. It's it's probably comparable. So when I do cold calling, I do lots of circle prospecting and that's... Mm -hmm. I follow up with people for sometimes, you know, years, two years, a year, even longer. So that I have a system for that. And so I would just be customizing that to probate then in the same sense. I'm sure, of course, there's, okay. Okay. Now, uh, in general, having coach agents, I'd say we spend too much time following up on leads when reality, they're not leads, they're just data that we bought and a lead somebody you talk to maybe and you, you qualify as what they're, what they're looking to do. But I would say you recycle the data every 90 days. It's kind of new data at that point. Okay. Can I ask another question? Sure. So I've been calling the PRs that have the different address. I've been calling the PRs that have the same address, but I haven't been calling the PRs where there's no um data for them so i need to call the next of kin and i use mojo as my dialer and i was just curious if you have any thoughts on um what you found in the best practice to map that out in mojo and i'll just tell you real quick the way that i i'm doing it is i'm 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 having the pr's name as the top main contact now there's no contact info for them so that i'm putting the next of kin as the numbers that I'll be calling and I'm putting their names in there and I'm just using the, I don't know if this makes sense, but the, the first number for the next of King, cause that's probably the most probable one is what I was told by the skip tracer. And I'm just going to call down the list. Is that, does that make sense? What I'm asking? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I know Mojo and what you're saying is you map the data in, um, look, if you get one, if there's five next of kin, you get any one of them and you find out it's not a good lead, you, you're going to move on to the next contact. So having those multiple phones on the same contact probably makes sense, right? So your contact's really the estate and the PR is maybe phone number one and the next of kin is number two and the next of kin number three. And as far as the phone numbers under that, under that contact, um, you know, that that's about the best I can offer. I don't cold call um cases i did at a time um i know that uh bruce teaches on that and i would defer to his his answer on that specifically but i uh, and a good question to put into the state planning the state professional mastermind facebook group that's a great topic to talk about to get a little more detail on how to how to map and then who's the company you're buying the data from foreclosures daily 
Yeah, so they're one of the main providers, all the leads probably being number one, foreclosures daily probably being number two nationally. So just creating a mapping from a uh, map file from you know uh, foreclosure daily to Mojo, I'm sure you're not the only person who's doing that. So you might want to start a conversation on that and find me or find a friend who's done it already, or you guys can share some ideas on how to do that. Okay. Okay. And um okay. Got it. And oh, what, one more question. Uh, do, I use ClearSkip. Is there a better service out there that you found? I can't, I because of my Locate Plus won't approve me because of a, <laughs> of my past life when I was young, but I guess. But um, is there a, a, a different service that people find that's better than ClearSkip? So again, anybody on the call who has a, a skip chasing company or vendor you work with, put it in the chat. I'd say that's a great question to put into the Facebook group. And okay. uh, put it in both. Put it in mine as well. Put it in the state professional mastermind, which is the probate mastery affiliated group, seven thousand members. And mine's probate weekly. But this is why I know I do know I have people who use skip tracing and and will answer you on that one as well. Um, but I don't have any person. I don't use it. So I, if I don't use a service, I don't like to promote it because I don't want to just talk about something to make it sound like I'm, I'm important. Okay. okay. Awesome. Thank you, Rob. Thanks so much. Great chatting with you. Um, okay, so let's go back. By the way, feel free to put your contact info in, name, number, contact, what city you or state you sell real estate. I know Stephen Hughes says he's looking for anybody in in Idaho or Nevada. Um, so feel free to answer there. And then David asked about mailing, first piece, second piece, how many? David, I don't know if you want to come on and we can go into a little detail on that as well. I think it's a little bit more, um, if you want to unmute yourself and me jump in the call. Yes, sir. So, so question about mailings, mm-hmm. uh, kind of what, what, I guess your question is what's your sequence or what's the number you're going to send out, correct? Correct. So um, with all the leads, um, they would prefer you to check off every single one of them when you get it and shoot them out. Um, I say no. I say go through them, and half of them maybe are not – worth the money to mail to and then that one piece after you have made those calls and found out whether or not they do have real estate do not have real estate uh whether or not they even are and even we'll find out whether or not they even have a property in your area then determine uh that piece but i'm just curious um are you doing mailings or other people on this call doing mailings would like to a little bit like to get a little bit more information other than what all the leads is pushing? Great. Great question. So anybody on the call who has experience is currently mailing out or has mailed out, feel free to jump in, answer a question, raise your hand. I'll bring you in. I will go into more detail. I will say again, David, the great question to post on the Facebook group, a state a professional mastermind or mine probably weekly. I do know people in my group who mail regularly and hopefully they'll, they'll jump on and answer a question. As far as me personally, I I've done direct mail through all the leads in the past pre COVID when COVID hit, I stopped all expenses. And I, I said, my business is starting from scratch. I redid everything. and I never went back to it today. The only mailing I do is I mail to my center of influence. I mail to attorneys. I have a relationship with postcards and some gifts, some holiday type, not holiday gifts, but kind of like that kind of stuff. I do mail in my zip code where I lived. I just started this literally this week because I feel like um, where I live, 
I've missed out on a couple. Now I happen to be religious and Jewish. So all my friends kind of live in walking distance, unique situation. And I had a couple of friends who didn't list with me because they saw me as not being a retail agent as much as a specialist, which is great. Um, but I want to look a little more retail-y in my neighborhood. So decided to do postcards regularly around listings in my neighborhood. Um, but I don't do uh, postcards. I, I can tell you I'm an executor on the state and I get mailing from other people, which is interesting to see it and open it and see the different tricks people use and strategies people use to get your attention. I think that, the again, looking for anybody else who's done it, and the reason why I stopped it is, that you have to um, you have to get a return on your investment that's documentable, or you can't spend the money. That's my rule. So when all these says mail out postcards, I would say that if you're mailing out to people who are in your geography that you might otherwise mail a postcard to, that's great. You know, if you happen to be a retail-oriented realtor, and and you're getting your your um, probate leads in the county or the area that you do business in, yeah, I mean, you're only mailing out to a bunch of people, what's a few more? But most agents aren't. To me, I would only mail out to those people who I talk to and I know, and because I know, and I, I've never heard all the leads say this, but I know the average lead is still about two years. Yes, there are a lot of 30-day and 60-day, 90-day, a lot. Those are great, but there's plenty, I can tell you from the data I have, there's plenty that are two years old, three years old, five years old, because they just don't get their act together or have some other issues going on. So I would always rather mail to people who I know and have talked to and have their email address than strangers, because why would I spend the money on somebody who I don't even know if they exist? I'd rather spend the money on people that I know, that I know, like, and trust and know, like, and trust me. So that's my strategy. Now, I don't know everything in life, and there are plenty of other people who make good money. I also would say, David, where, where do you do business in Orlando, in, in Metro Orlando? Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Look, if you were an hour outside of Orlando, uh, where it's more rural, I would say for sure mail, because there you're like the neighborhood real estate agent, probate expert. But in Orlando, it's a very competitive market. Your postcard to random people is going to be lost amongst the other 20 people who are going to mail to them. Uh, and, and you're right about that. I talked to a guy today. He said he's been collecting the letters and postcards. He said he's up to over 30 of them. I don't think, you know, I think people exaggerate how much they get. I'm not quite to 30 yet. Maybe he is. Uh, I mm. have about 20. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> looking to do some research on it. I, right. I've gotten uh, probably about, now I'm on the do not call list and I've gotten numerous cold calls and I've got numerous texts and, and the texts are always long. And um, and so, you know, do not call doesn't mean anything to those people, obviously. I guess if, if you want to take that risk of your business, I wouldn't. Every time I was, I wouldn't anymore. That business has got that that strategy, I think, is very, be very careful of that. Um, and particularly if you're with the XP, don't do it. We're not allowed to do it and don't put my company at risk. So, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, and is that going to stand out? And are, are people going to pick you because of the postcard? Again, one of 30, probably not. In, in a rural area, if the only person, maybe. So uh, they're your neighbor. You know, when I grew up in a kind of suburb, in an ex the edge of a suburb, you know, you got mail from somebody, from an accountant. He was like the local accountant, right? Now you're just some realtor to them if you're in Orlando. No offense. I love Orlando. Uh, I, I've gone there you know, annually. But 
um, it's a big market, competitive market, big city, and I don't think it's effective. So I would say not to send it out unless you've talked to the person. Then your postcard is adding value. You're educating them. You're encouraging them. You're supporting them somehow. Maybe you offer them a class on how to you know, manage your probate or something like that. But to me, just to mail out to strangers, show me the money. If I, anybody on this call who does that and is profitable, I'd love to hear about it. I wish business was that simple. Um, and I'd say the last part is real estate agents say, gee, if only I could mail out cold and then have somebody make the phone calls for me and then they could set the appointments all I would have to do is cash the checks. That's we all. Let's just admit we all admit we had that fantasy, just like all men fantasize about the girl in the bikini at the beach. All realtors fantasize about the direct mail and the the um, ISA who makes the phone calls for us and business just pours in. We all do, right? Well, the reality is, if you aren't calling them, then when they do have a question, you're not going to be effective at talking to them. And the problem that you're going to have is you're not going to be able to convert the leads. You're not going to convert the postcards into money. So I just don't think that's an effective strategy. I think at some point you have to be talking to people and then send the postcards to those people you have a relationship with to help build that relationship. My experience is nobody calls me to say, it's not quite true. Rarely a phone call that says, come list my property. I'm a stranger and I saw your marketing material. That doesn't happen. It happened once. Um, but generally speaking, that's not what happens. What normally happens is I have a question. I have a problem. Can you help me? Oh, based on that, can you list my property? That's more likely. You have to have the conversation ability to convert that. Hope that helps a little bit, David. Appreciate it. It's tough being an ex-Mike Ferry client, right? Uh, reformed Mike Ferry. Uh, it's kind of like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. I guess I'm always an alcoholic. I'm always a Mike Ferry customer, but I, I work at every day, one day at a time, to uh, be a good, decent human being. So, despite that, we appreciate you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bill. Okay. Thanks, David. Um, okay. So, looking down, did any other questions? We got another thanks, to David. Got shot. No, no thanks, Bill. I got thanks, David. No thanks, Bill. Okay. Uh, Michael from Sarasota. Welcome, Michael. David, thanks for your contact info. You all should put your contact info because what did I charge you when I said put your name and your contact info and where you serve? How much is that costing you to promote yourself on this call in front of 28 fellow real estate agents around the country? That costs you how much? Oh, it's free 99. You all should take advantage of that. Thanks, Joan. I'm really uh, insecure and I do need that encouragement. So thank you so much. Okay, other questions, challenges, problems, victories? No, uh, Sabina, I said free 99. It's free 99 to post your contact info and promote yourself. It was a joke. I have another another question, Bill. Sure, dude. Personal representative on the lead today was actually the bank. And yet the property was not in foreclosure, no Liz pendings, no pre-foreclosure. Curious about that one. So I don't know the law in Florida, but I imagine it's similar to California in that if there's a property that has been abandoned to them, it comes to their attention, maybe no mortgage payments for a while. More likely, my guess would be reverse mortgage. Was it reverse mortgage, you know? Uh, let's see, you're muted. You're muted. 
I haven't looked it up on PropStream yet. Who was the who was the bank? PNC. Don't know. They do reverses and and not. But and again, hard to hard to tell. But what I would say is in um, in California law for sure, and probably in most states, anybody can file a probate case. But the priority of who gets approved as the administrator is based on a priority system: closer relative, less close relative, less close. Then a creditor. Mm. Then any resident in California. Now, in some counties, there's a county probate administrator who's above the any resident because the county has an interest in properties being resold, generating tax revenue, and and being maintained properly. But above the probate administrator is creditors. So my guess is there's a mortgage. Maybe it's not in foreclosure. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was a foreclosure and somebody's filing bankruptcy or disrupting it. They just want to sell the property. Maybe it was a foreclosure and they just know it's available and want to file. Generally, my experience is if a family member pops up, they'll step ahead of them. So what you might want to do is find out if you can find an heir and bring it to their attention. And then, again, I'm the Florida law, so you have, you have to talk to Florida probate attorney but I've done this in California where you get a, a, an error. They find out that this property is theirs or a part would be theirs. And then they would file the court and say, hey, PNC filed, but we actually have priority over them. We wouldn't be the administrator of the state. And my experience is PNC says, great, as long as you pay us off, we don't care. We're not in the business of filing probates. We're in the business of getting paid. It could be, Dave asked the question, could be the bank was appointed uh, as the fiduciary in the will. So, I don't, but I don't think normally it's not going to be a PNC bank. It's not normally going to be a, a probate. It would be a probate litigation case if it was a trust. Normally, people in their will, um, might uh, in a trust, might appoint a administrator, you know, their son, their daughter, and then if they're not available, this family member, if they're not available, the trust department at such and such bank. Now, I will say that if you can find out, I would, I would get all over PNC and find out who that person is, pull the court filings, try to reach out to them. Because if they have one, they probably have 10. And right. everybody in the world believes they're overworked and underpaid. And if you can help them by saving them doing some work, you're going to be their hero. Appreciate it. I did contact the local uh, branch. Don't go to the branch. Look she... on the documents because they're not going to be related. Like the PNC brand uh, person in that file could be out of the corporate office in Pittsburgh or wherever it is, have right. no relation to local branch. Exactly. So she gave me a 412 number and she said, you need to call these people. I would look at the court filings. Usually the name of the person's on there. Okay. And the phone Got number and, and the email address. Will do. Good. Find an attorney if you need some help to get that. Got it. I tried I'll to find it. an Orlando attorney. I had one that called and they they interviewed me to be on my uh, podcast and they decided they didn't want to be on it. And it's like, that was kind of weird, but okay, whatever. So uh, I would love to get an Orlando. I've had attorneys in um, uh, Tampa, Jacksonville. Um, but if you know somebody, if you have somebody you'd like, think would be beneficial. Al Nicoletti, Jacksonville. I've had Al Nicoletti. He's fantastic. He's awesome. The best. Hard to get though now. He's really blown up. And oh yeah, I caught him a few years ago. I got Al 1.0, and he's now Al 3.0. He's moved on uh, and upgraded tremendously. But if you yeah. find an Orlando attorney, I'd love to get one on. I, I'm actually organizing my Florida team i have an agent coming on in tampa and uh i personally i'd like to live in south florida so 
um, definitely interested in, in building some business there. No problem. I got Thanks, you. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Okay. So let's see here. Good point, though, Dave. Thank you so much for that. It could be that PNC, the bank, could be a point in the will. Um, not so common if it's appropriate filing still. Normally I see that in trust, but again, it's in Florida, it might be different. So thanks. And Sabina left to my joke. Sabina gets extra points because she, um, even after I mispronounced her name, she she left my joke, which is important to me, very important to me. Um, okay, I don't see other questions. Oh, there's a hand up. Dave, uh, Daniel Parker, let's get you um, unmuted. You're unmuted, good. And let's bring you in. Hey there. Uh, hey, along the same lines, I uh, have personal representatives that are attorneys. Can you go over how you talk to them or what the value proposition is when you know they're an attorney? Sure. So there's a couple of different scenarios. And Daniel, remind me, where do you do uh, real estate? Middle Tennessee, just south of Nashville, Tennessee. So, and again, you know, laws vary by state. You know, I, I have to say that every time because I don't want to sound like I know everything about everywhere. But the principles are similar in most cases, I find. So, in California, there'll be cases where the personal representative is an attorney's name I recognize. And so, I started to research those cases. That's one of the values of the data, by the way, is just download all of them, sort by PR, sort by attorney, figure out who's doing the business. Look for those kinds of patterns so you have these kinds of questions to learn the business. But one thing I noticed was there were attorneys who were uh, acting as personal representatives. So the term for that is they were a professional fiduciary. They were getting paid to do the work of the administrator or executor separate from the attorney. Now, it varies. Some states require licensing. Most don't in California. You can do two a year without being a professional. Third one, you need to have your license. So I'm doing one right now as a prof as a professional fiduciary. I'm getting paid. I'm not the executor. I'm sorry. I am the executor as a, I'm getting paid for that. I'm not the attorney. I'm not the realtor. Uh, I'm not doing the real estate work. It's out of my area. So what is that when you see an attorney there? Well, it could be a variety of reasons. I think sometimes many of these personal representatives need somebody to do the work for them because they really don't know what to do or have the ability to do what needs to be done. And there's paperwork involved. There's disclosures that have to get signed. I have, you know, executors who just can't read the seller disclosures that we require in California, which is a lot, and sign them and sign the escrow papers and get things notarized in the back and all the other jobs of the fiduciary. So, a person who does that for a living, who does the work of the executor or the um, uh, administrator and gets paid for it is a professional fiduciary. And the most common group to do that are attorneys. I also believe it's because they don't need to be licensed to do it as a fiduciary. I think they can do it under their attorney's license as well, I believe. Um, you have to also be bonded for that kind of work or else you risk getting sued. And attorneys... Um, um, Errors emissions policy will cover that work typically as well because they're acting as a fiduciary when they're an attorney. So that's the most common case. There's a second case where you have a brother and a sister both filing to be the administrator on a case. And um, the law is not clear. Generally, they'll go to the older um, sibling, but if one has a criminal record or one has financial challenges, can't get bonded, there's various reasons why 
there'd be competition. Uh, one took care of the parent, one wasn't. Um, and so sometimes the trades will get together and say, well, let's do this. Uh, we don't trust you being the uh, administrator. You don't trust us. How about uh, we'll be appointed the administrator, um, but we'll hire somebody to be a fiduciary, a third party who's neutral. Well, who do we use? Well, I know this guy, Joe, and he's an attorney. He knows what to do. That's a that's a professional fiduciary that's kind of acting as a intermediary. There's another situation similar where the attorneys will say, you can be the attorney and I'll be the fiduciary, which means you'll get the attorney's fees. Because in California, the fiduciary fees are the same as the attorney's fees. Or I should say the limit, the most you can charge is the same. So in a million-dollar case, they both could charge up to $23,000 unless there's additional fees required, but standard fees. So that way the attorney says, you can you do the attorney work, I'll do the fiduciary work, and we'll each get our share of the fees. So each case is a little different. And in if you find you know a person does it regularly, it's probably one of those. If you find a one-off, it could be almost anything. So great question to ask if you know the person, ask them why and learn about those cases. Okay. Does it help a little bit? Yes, but uh, if I'm following the regular personal representative script when I'm calling them. It's not the same conversation. Um, Correct. How do I turn it into not just this case, but tell me more about your business? What can, what can, uh, what do you need in your business to help you propel further? Yeah, you know, Daniel, I, I might say something like, you know, Daniel, I call petitioners on probates to offer assistance. Sometimes their attorney isn't giving them all the service they need. I know in this case, you are an attorney. I recognize your name from the filings I've seen, or I recognize you from being in court, or I recognize you on a matter or two that I've done. I know you're an attorney. Uh, I offer services to probate attorneys as well as fiduciaries to help them. I was just calling to see if I can be of assistance to you and then ask a question that keeps that conversation going. Okay. Most realtors aren't even going to know to say that. I think sometimes you, 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 without saying I'm an expert, you point out, you, you say a fact that proves you're an expert. So now you've kind of elevate yourself in their mind, if that makes sense. Yes. Okay. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, yes. And by the way, David Knight, please circle back. Let us know how that works out. If you get the research on that story as far as um, uh, PNC Bank, why they are the um, administrator, exec administrator probably. Executor would be they're named in the will. Administrator mean there is no will or they were not named in the will. So if you find out, um, uh, let us know. Sabina says, where do you find out the personal representative script? I don't know. Somewhere on the website. Uh, if I can say, Sabina, since I don't see McKenna on the call, if you want to put uh, that question in the Estate Professional Mastermind Facebook group, uh, I think that's a good question to ask every week. And that way the script will pop up there or the link to it will pop up there. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're at the 40 minute mark. So we're towards the end. Is there any role playing that you do for different scenario on a weekly basis? So Sabina, I don't do role playing regularly. Um, I talk to a lot of people all day long. I'm at five o'clock. My voice is shot. Um, so personally I don't, um, but I think uh, I did when I started out in real estate. I think it's important to, um, you know, have those conversations and get good at and comfortable with conversations. Uh, Bruce does great 
role play um, coaching, script coaching. And I'm looking for it uh, on the uh, probate. And I believe it's in the probate foundations class. He starts with it. And then I know uh, courses and bundles includes his um, downloadable scripts. And I believe the role play is in one of them. You know, I don't know. The, I, you know, I'm not a salesperson for the program. I should I should know it a little bit better. But I do know that he teaches a great. I take I took the class on uh, scripts and does role playing and does a great job on that. So I think that might be in the monthly program. Uh, but again, go with the estate plan, a professional mastermind and ask that question, and you can get that. Or reach out to Bruce. There's your other answer, Sabina. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Other questions, comments? Who's got a victory they want to share? Anybody? I'll share with you guys a, a victory. Not seeing any. Uh, how do you find these people who need help with selling an estate? So Talisa asks, says, hi there. I'm generally new to probate. How do you find those who need help with selling an estate? So Talisa, the um, there's a lot of ways. Uh, uh, I teach a number of different ways to do business. The most common way is people buy a list of probate filings. These are people who file cases in local counties saying that they want to administer or um, uh, execute a, an estate, execute a will or administer an estate. And uh, they'll often put through the listings of this property, uh, what property they want to sell or needs to be sold or how much it's worth. And so those are um, listings that you buy from, we've mentioned this called alltheleads.com is a vendor that Bruce has a relationship with uh, or foreclosures daily. They sell probate leads. And those are the court filings you can buy them in different counties. So that's what we're referring to. Okay. Other questions, comments, challenges. I was really hoping. No, let's see here. Thank Bill, you. I have a question. Sure. When you said that you um, talk to the attorneys and tell them that you can help them, mm -hmm. what if they say, like, what? What would you reply? Well, the, you want to role play a little bit? Mm -hmm. okay. You'll be the attorney. So, so Deborah, tell me what's your biggest challenge as a probate attorney helping your clients administer probate cases? What's the biggest challenge you have uh, outside of the legal work, which is what you have to do? What's your biggest challenge either dealing with a customer or with real estate? Probably chasing them down to get them to turn in the paperwork. Yeah, tell me about that. What What do you do in that, and where does it trip you up? Now, stop for a second. Just we're role-playing here. So okay. the key is, I, I really ask you, where's your pain? Right. And then I'm going to take my finger and just stick it on that spot until you're crying out for help. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me about that. What happens when they don't get the paperwork? How long is it? How much work do you spend? How much time do you, do you pay? Para, you say paralegal tracks them down. Are you paying her by the hour or him by the hour? Wow. That's going to cost you a lot of money and time. Deb, that's exactly what I'd like to help you. So we're going to have a conversation. I'm going to push on your pain point, push on your pain point. This is just basic sales. And then I'm going to offer a solution. Deborah, that's exactly why I reach out to attorneys like you. I'm a real estate agent. We chase mm -hmm. down people for paperwork all day long, every day. That's what we do at no cost to you. 
I've worked with clients like yours to get the legal paperwork signed that you send them, the bonding paperwork signed that you send them, and of course the real estate paperwork. We, I can do it all at once. Sometimes we know we need notaries. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes I'll get it all e-signed. I'd love to sign up to be your signature gatherer at no cost. Would that be a benefit to you? That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a real benefit. So I think what you want to do is think of, and if you ask the if you ask attorneys the that question, so tell me, Deborah, what's your biggest challenge? Not legal, because you're the attorney. But other than the mm -hmm. legal part, the business part, the mechanical part, what's the biggest challenge in administering probates that you face on a regular basis? If you ask that question, yeah. mm -hmm. what are the five or ten most likely answers you're going to get? You have to answer those five or ten most likely questions. Mm -hmm. And okay. I would say to you, ask the attorneys you do know that question, see what they say. Yeah. I had a excuse me, I had a conversation with an attorney, a lady, and I have the uh uh, I'm the, the agent for the property because I knew the family. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I called the agent because in the uh, auditor's site, it still had the name of uh, the person who had died. And normally they that name is taken out and it says the estate of or whatever. And I was calling her about that. And she said, you don't know what you're talking about. You need to go somewhere and learn. It can be in there like that. And I'm like, I, I've never seen it in there like that. So I thought something had not been done. And she was telling me that it, that was proper and it was okay. I guess it was proper and it was okay because we're having a closing today. Well, it doesn't mean it was proper and okay. It means it was good enough to get the closing done. Yeah, yeah, okay. So I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to be afraid. Don't be she afraid. She was kind of feisty. But I think I'm going to make an appointment and go down there and talk to him. Like, hey, you can teach me stuff or I can help you, whatever. That's the kid. You know, they don't, they don't get excited to hear they can teach you. They're excited that you can help them. Mm -hmm. So find what you can do to help them and you'll solve that problem and then they'll need you. Just like what you were I, saying. I, yeah. I, you know, if you ask me to share a victory today, uh, I have a case where two siblings are fighting on a property. They both lured up. On a what should be a normal probate, this has gone on for like nine years. And I, I, I talked to my trace. I said, "Listen, let's just list the property. We'll get an offer. We'll send them the notice to perform in California. We have notice to perform. If they consent, we sell the property. If they object, then we have to go through the court process. But let me prepare everything so that if they object, I'll go back to the attorney." We did everything right. We put in the MLS. We had a bunch of offers. I gave him a spreadsheet, sent him all the contracts he wanted. When it came time, they were going to object. And I, and I, and, but because I did everything right, I wrote a, an email to the attorney outlining they had no basis for an objection. And that all they would accomplish is they would lose in court and it would cost money. And all the costs would come out of their heirs' side because we otherwise sold the property and followed the procedures. Let him talk his customer into, withdrawing his objection, and now we got the customer to sign the consent, and we're closing. So I I literally did the negotiation on behalf of the attorney, but I did it as the realtor. I can do that in a way he can't because I'm not an attorney. Just like you and I as realtors can't talk to each other's customers. Attorneys can't talk to each other's customers. But as a realtor, I can talk to that attorney's customer. 
I'll need his permission. So the go- all that's a long way of saying the goal is not to be afraid. I didn't really do anything magical. I just had the courage to have a conversation with the customer. So don't be afraid. Deborah, don't be afraid. Okay. Okay. And Deborah, remind us, okay. where, do you, where do you sell real estate? In Canton, Ohio. Oh, wow. Home of the um, Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's right. That's right. Okay. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for joining us from Canton, Deborah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been missing this. Because when I get my email, it says, oh, it's getting ready to come, you know, come on. And it's going on three o'clock. So then I, I so today I, I was able to be home and I got on on time. But um, yeah. It's so every week. It's just time. I know. Put in your calendar. Yeah, but it came. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know what what happened to my calendar. Okay. But I'm here so today, much. so it's good. Thank you. Thanks so much. Michael Graff. I think Michael's from Pensacola, Florida. Has a win. Do you want to share it with a group? Or you want me just to read the story? Michael Graff. Go ahead and mute yourself and jump in and share it. Great. If not, uh, actually, I think you're off the call. Sure. I can oh, jump there in. You are. There yep. you are. You want to share your victory for the day? Sure. Uh, let's see. Let's switch this to this. There we go. So, yeah. So, the win for today was um, actually went to go get my estate planning done. And when I was at the estate, uh, attorney, estate planning attorney's office. After we got done with everything, I, I like the way he did business, and I, you know, pretty much just said, "Hey, I'm making uh, estate planning and probate a focus of mine. And are you open minded to uh, you know, 10, 15 minute conversation in a later time?" And he said, "Absolutely." And I equate a lot of that to also when he was talking to me. I think got fairly impressed based on the knowledge that I was able to gain through all the leads training in probate mastery class and everything else. So uh, that made him kind of, I think was, he was more apt to want to work together and he works with a really big firm in our area. So I was pretty excited about that. We're going to grab lunch and figure out how we can help each other do some business. So it helps some folks. Fantastic. Now, everybody on this call, if certainly if you're in California and you own property, you should have an estate plan done. And if you have kids, you should have a state plan done. In most states, you should have a state plan done if you have kids and or own your house uh, and or have an estate over, I don't know, five, $600,000 or so. Uh, and they're not terribly expensive. They save a lot of heartache. But what they do is, like Michael got, they put you in a category where the attorney is going to treat you like a customer rather than just as a cold caller. Uh, if you need it, get it. And if you get it and the attorney ends up referring you some business, now you've paid for it. Just saying. So thanks for sharing that, Michael. No problem. No problem now let me ask you this, Michael. How many customers, prospects, contacts do you have in your database? For probate or? Everybody. That you Everybody? know I can trust, knows I can trust you, and you have their email address. Oh, knows I can trust me. I would say probably right now, just in the state of Florida, 150-ish. N- nationwide. Nationwide. Uh, Michael, as good looking as you are, I got to think it's five hundred or more minimum. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to say: Tell them, it. share with them your experience getting a state plan done. Why did you get oh. it done? That came too personal, and I, you know, if it's too personal, I wouldn't need to share it. But can you generalize? Why did you get an estate plan done? Well, I mean, one is right with all the folks we're working with in probate, and I throw this out there to them that you know, as like an initial conversation, hey, you know. 
what if I could? Well, this is probably not. Well, is I ask them. So you go, is this your first time going through probate? And they say whatever. And they say, okay, well, this is probably the last time you're going to go through probate, right? And they say, sure. And and they say, okay, well, if you'd like, I can connect you with someone who can help you never have to go through probate again, because most people aren't aware of the fact that it costs you three to eight percent somewhere in there, your entire estate, three to eight percent to go through the probate process, which is arduous. It takes six months to three years to go through. And you could avoid the whole thing by talking to uh, some people that I know, some estate planners and things. And would you like me to connect in? And so that's basically what I tell folks to kind of segue to a later conversation as well. But let's first approach the probate. And then doing the the planning. But my question is, why did you do it personally? If you can share it. If you can't share it or don't want to, that's okay. Just say I don't want to. But if you're okay, why did you do it personally? Yeah, I was just about to get there. My fault uh, making a long answer. So that basically uh, the reason for it is the three to 8%. I mean, it's going to run me several thousand dollars to have the estate planning done. However, the the amounts are tens of thousands of dollars to have it go through probate. And I'd rather have my kids have that if we have to whatever we do pass, right? So, so that's the main so reason. Here was I say, focus on shortening that answer mm-hmm. and making it more, and I'm not, Look, run a call here, and it may not be appropriate for you to answer it. So that's okay. But what I would say to you is, if the reason you're doing it, and I'm going to make one up, it maybe you may not be. I want to protect my assets, so when I'm gone, my assets are passed on to my kids, not to the state of Florida. Love the state of Florida. They don't need my money. My kids don't need my money, but I'd like to share it with them. Right? right? If that's your answer, share that with everybody you know. And one solution is. Attorney Joe Smith in Fiesta Beach, Florida. One answer is trustandwill.com. One answer is this attorney. Here's three answers. I don't know what the right, how you would put that, but share the the solution of the problem that, uh, I'm sorry, share the problem you had with the solution you used with everybody you know. It's free. All you do is video it, put an email, send it out to everybody. You're going to help that attorney. More importantly, you're going to help your clients who need that service done. Everybody, Absolutely. everybody, do it every 90 days for the rest of your career. Love it. Free I content will. piece for all of you on this call. Free content piece for the rest of your career. Every 90 days, if you own real estate or you have kids, even if you don't own real estate and you have kids, God forbid, Michael, are you married? Yes. How many kids? Two. Ages? 10 and four. God forbid something happened to you and your wife. What would happen to your kids? That's the whole thing. That's what we worked out. In my case, my daughter and, and, and her husband have two kids. And fortunately, they have two sets of grandparents. But who gets to ra- who raises the kids? Are we going to fight over it? It happens all the time. I don't want to fight over it. I said to them, I don't care. I'm glad to do it. I'm glad not to do it. What I'm not going to be glad to do is fight over it. Right. Right. So put in a piece of paper, document it properly, make that decision and just tell me what you want to do. I'm here to help you. And so for all of you on this call, this is free content. You're on this call every quarter at minimum on your email list, on your social media, you video this, it's your YouTube every quarter. You need to have a plan or the state of Florida or worse, the state of California has a plan for you. And in California, your plan looks like the Department of Motor Vehicles transferring your registration on your car, it's just a lot worse. 
It like it's like that, which nobody likes. It, look, I've been to Florida. I got a license. It wasn't fun. Uh, it, I'm sure it's not a lot better today. Nobody wants their estate plan managed by the state of Florida. Even Ron DeSantis doesn't. I'm sure he wouldn't want it. I'm sure he has an estate plan. So you need one too. Okay, there you go. I'm off my soapbox with that. Thank you. No problem. The other thing is too is who takes control of the money to then give to your kids too, that, right? So then that too. And then do you have some of the you know are those the same people that watch your kids and also have the assets? Or you have someone checking that? It gets very layered. It, it can be if you have a lot of money, it can be very complicated. If you have a little bit of money, it's complicated. If you have no money, it's still an issue because you need somebody to pay for the funeral expenses or whatever, pay the bills, settle stuff up. You don't want to have your kids have to deal with that. Uh, you want to make it as easy for them as possible when you're gone. So there's a lot of reasons why. But, but here's my point. We're, we're, I wasn't here to do a whole discussion on the estate plan. It was more to say, Michael has his reason. He needs to learn how to share his reason with everybody he knows effectively, regularly, to get more of them into action. You all, the rest of you, all have your reason why you need it too. I have mine. They're all different because our lives are different. But we need to share our reason. I don't need to share Michael's reason. His is different than mine. His is his kids. Mine's my grandkids. Different story. I have a wife. I'm older. I'm closer to those issues, medical issues and such. But we need to share our reason with our tribe, and hopefully they'll all take the proper steps. So, Michael, thank you for sharing that. Appreciate it. I'm so jealous of the background, man. I know it's a fake one, but uh, still, um, I used to live in Florida. Florida's like my ex-girlfriend before I got married. I'm not allowed to talk about my wife in here, so uh, I want to be back. <laughs> I want to be back, but we're not going anywhere. My grandkids are four blocks away. So, Okay, enough about me. I could talk about me all day long, and I would enjoy it, and you guys would all be bored. We're going to wrap up here today. This call is Probate Mastery's Real Estate Coaching Call. We do it every Tuesday, 11 a.m. We didn't have Larry... Smith Group. I'm sorry, because uh, if you know Larry, he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan. And um, I just want to say for Larry, if you happen to be listening to this recording, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> they lost big to San Francisco this weekend. Um, hey, we do this call every Tuesday, 11 o'clock. ProbateMastery.com is a website. There's a Facebook group, a state professionals mastermind. Continue conversation there. Ask questions. I know a couple of you had some great questions that I can't answer. That's the place to have the conversation. We have 7,000 members there that can help answer it. Separately, I host probateweekly.com, which is an interview show on probate. And I have a Facebook group, probateweekly.com and Facebook as well. Those are both free. Love you having joined me there. If you want to reach out to me, my link tree, L-A-N-K-T-R.ee is slash Bill Gross. Feel free to reach out to me there with, with, with whatever I have going on. And special tomorrow, I have a class, an email mastermind class on how to build your email database, use it effectively to contact 16 times as many people uh, as you are now. Uh, so if you're interested, I'd love to see you there. Anyway, if I can if I can help reach out on the Facebook groups or reach out to me at Bill Gross Probate, as always, make today your best day ever. Thank you, everybody. Michael, thank you especially. I hope I can get you personal. And Deborah, thank you. And the others that contributed. Sabina, thank you so much. Bye-bye.